Beardy and the Beast Media Club. This is placeholder intro song. Welcome to Beardy and the Beast Media Club, a discussion of media where we fully enjoy spoilers. We will not go scorched earth and attempt to eliminate anything related to those spoilers. As always, we are available here and on many other services. A full list can be found at beardyandthebeast.com. If you enjoyed your experience here, like, follow, or even better yet, share us with your friends. My name is Drew, and as always, by my side, our faithful Corgi, Devin. What's up? Woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> Today we'll be discussing 2001's anime film Cowboy Bebop, Knocking on Heaven's Door, or uh, in the North American release, Cowboy Bebop, the movie. So Devin, was Cowboy Bebop hot or was it not? I think it was hot. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Uh... <laughs> can't believe you introduced me as a corky <laughs> not where i was expecting you to go there at all threw me off no <laughs> uh... um, yeah, i quite enjoyed it i have seen like an episode of the series mm. like so i it was going into this pretty blind the biggest thing that i knew about it was it was tied to carolyn tuesday check out the second wall mm-hmm um and i was from the standpoint of coming into it knowing the world through carolyn tuesday i was hoping that it would explain a little bit more about the what was happening in carolyn tuesday and i felt it kind of did but didn't tie in as much as because i was hoping to but as a standalone piece i thought it was an actual i, I really enjoyed the movie i was really into it yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see how it connected to Carol Tuesday at all, aside from being in the same city. I mean, I guess it does kind of imply that the there's a whole lot of known corruption that's going on at the top of like yeah. the political structure uh, in that city and on Mars. But I mean, other than that. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see any any similarities or anything that kind of like tied it in or even similar characters. Yeah, I didn't see any similar characters. I think there's like a couple of things that kind of popped out at me as oh, that looks like something that I saw in Carol on Tuesday. But it's things like you didn't have like I think they actually had a statue of Ares mm. in Elm City, but you didn't see that. Um, you sure as heck didn't see the um, the Tokyo Tower. Eiffel Tower type thing in Carolyn Tuesday. There was one thing that did point out there was like a a background like a fence with like a bunch of t shirts or signs on it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in Carolyn Tuesday. But that was about the only thing that that jumped out to me. Uh I honestly would have thought there were completely different cities altogether um, had I not known. That's kind of a big thing. Uh, several people I know who have seen Carol on Tuesday were like, oh, this is, I didn't even know this was related to Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. I, I myself, guess I enjoyed the film. It was <laughs> a solid okay. Yeah. I didn't have any connections to the characters. Um, yeah. So there was no like, 
excitement. There was no, oh, Spike's gonna, you know, do some uh, badass martial arts and he's gonna do his thing now. Because he's gonna do the thing he does that he's known for. I didn't have that kind of background. So yeah. that kind of like pent up excitement. It's probably, I kind of run into something similar when I saw the movie uh, Serenity. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't actually seen uh, all of Firefly, like, um, in proper order either. Oh, okay. Or all the episodes. Did you watch the TV release of it? <laughs> yeah, I was watching it when it was originally coming out. So, like, I had these characters and they did, like, a good job of setting them up and showcasing their personalities and then having a conclusion to an entire, this large overarching story. Yeah. So I didn't actually get to see any of that in this film. Uh, well, I guess they they were able to show, show, showcase the characters' uh, personalities and yeah. the way that they interacted with each other quite well. Like that was definitely full on display. Yeah, uh, and I I agree. Like I didn't get a like. I mean, when it comes to Spike, the only thing I know is like okay, I I remember the. Uh, an AMV from you know the dark ages of the internet with like Spike versus Vash to like smooth criminal I think mm-hmm. like, that is my extent of knowledge of the character <laughs> see see, here's my thing in fully p- putting my elderly status on display here uh, I I was part of the Trigon vs. Cowboy Bebop Wars mm. back when you had to be, you had to like one but not the other. While fully recognizing that the other one was actually pretty good. Mm. Uh, I was on the Trigon side. Yeah. Like, Wolfwood's my boy. Uh, Vash is alright. Like, the, the two insurance girls, like, characters. Terrific, but of course we're not reviewing Trigun here. We're <laughs> reviewing <laughs> Cowboy Bebop the movie. Um, I guess yeah they they were definitely able to uh, give personalities to each of those characters, and I, I would have liked to see more interaction between uh, Faye and Spike and Faye and Jet Black. Yeah. Um, She's the only one that didn't have like an established, well-represented relationship to the other characters. Yeah. Whereas you, you even had like the inter interactions between Jet Black and uh, Edward. Yeah. Or you know Spike and of course Jet Black and then the best character of all, Ayn. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's pretty amazing <laughs> so i'm just gonna take a moment here it took them four fifths the movie to pet that damn dog i was sitting there and like every time the dog's in the scene i'm like pet the dog pet the dog <laughs> and they wouldn't pet the damn dog and then finally i think it was jet black at the end when he was monologuing finally yeah. pets the dog and i'm like oh that's the stuff <laughs> It's interesting that you compared it to Serenity. I actually kind of got a bit of... I had in my head to compare the movie to Serenity a bit. I mean, it's... There's a lot of similarities. It's one of the things I wanted to bring up. Like, 
even some of the choreography or choreography in the final fight was similar to the final fight in Serenity between mm -hmm. uh, uh, the captain and let's forget the agent in yeah. Serenity. Operative. Uh, operative. There we go. Yeah. You know, because agent was the guy from twenty episode twenty three. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, um, there was like little tidbits where I definitely felt that Ser Serenity was pulling from, mm. uh, and e even Firefly just as itself. And I imagine if I had watched Cowboy Bebop, I'd be pulling even more. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the characters are different. They have different roles, each of the characters, but... But it's it's a genre that I think both fall kind of into the same genre that isn't really explored too much. It's the, the sci-fi western. Mm. It, it, it very much is pulling elements from both. I mean, you see it in the title of this series right off the bat of, of the movie, right? Cowboy Bebop. You have the the big shot TV show, definitely again very western based. Mm. Um, they even had western movies showing up, which were actual western movies that were reanimated, that were animated for that scene. By the way, see, I I was contemplating that, and that's definitely probably the reasons why there are so many similarities. But I felt, whereas Firefly leaned more into the sci-fi western part i feel like uh cowboy bebop kind of leaned or had uh like a facade of no uh, noir on it yeah i i could definitely get those feelings which mind you I, I wouldn't want that on firefly i think that would change the feel too much but on uh cowboy bebop i think that was kind of a missing piece I'm wondering if that was like the like you're doing a painting and you're like oh this needs something this needs something so you're like needs a splash of red yeah so i'm wondering if that's kind of what happened here they had a a series and a story and then it felt incomplete i mean i'm just kind of like off the top of my head thinking about this but as far as uh tone this is very a very complete film. It's not too much of one thing, not too little of another, and it doesn't miss its beats. Yeah. I mean it I think it misses character motivation. I didn't really get it from the villain. Yeah, that's I definitely agree with that. It was just it almost felt too random. Like the the hacker guy, at least, kind of had he had a little bit of motivation there, right? Even if it's just mess with the system. Yeah, yeah, that was right? his motivation. They put that yeah. on display, right? Yeah, but yeah, the he didn't have kind of the same thing. And I, I agree, this is something that's missing. It, it's, but I mean, part of it, I guess, it's you know what it is. Was he really the bad guy? Like, I mean, he was, but he wasn't well, he was, the same. 
Well, he was he was the villain, not the bad yeah. guy. Yeah. If you were to make a distinction, like he was an antagonist, not evil. Yeah. That being said, I, I realized the problem just now. Um, his motivation would make sense if he hadn't had his mind wiped and his memories taken away. Mm. Because he'd had everything taken from him, but he doesn't know what was taken from him. So what's that motivation? Whereas if you go to, what was it, Titan? Yeah. Um, and he lost his unit and he was betrayed and by the system at least that motivation would have made sense but the fact that they took that betrayal away from him um another reason why we might not have seen the motivation like i i agree that that could be a good part of it we know about as much motivation as he does um the other aspect could be we're following the bounty hunters so the bounty hunters know he's the bounty. Yeah. And that's essentially the motivation that's needed there. <laughs> right? As opposed to, like, he, in a way, becomes a MacGuffin as opposed to mm. a fully fleshed out character. And the only bits of character we get is with, um, little bits of character is from the conversations we have with Electra. I would say... He is, he is the only one that showed any character growth. Like, our, our bounty hunter crew, pretty much, just static as they are. Like, they can't change too much because this was released, like, part, is supposed to be part way through the series, like, near the end, but not yeah. at the end. So they can't just, like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Spike is a Mormon now. I can't like yeah. <laughs> throw something out out like that. So that makes sense. It's got to fit within that uh, larger frame. But I guess the what was the line? Uh, oh, why didn't you shoot? Oh, because I remembered that I used to love you or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you got some of his memories back. There's a little bit of regret. There's definitely some like um, character growth there. I mean, it's a resolution. There's some finale to it. It's not like, you know, the losers where it was like, you know, there was an event and everyone got through it. Yeah. But there's no end. Um, yeah. I don't know, I just had feel feelings of just everything being okay. Yeah. The... Spike Spike did the stereotypical thing, and I'm glad that he did it because it fit in this piece. Um, I don't know what the trope would be called, but essentially it was like he he got the bounty or the mission, and then he realized it was so much more than him, but mm -hmm. he decided to continue anyways because that was, you know, was needed what was right. So that was like his his hero moment to establish yeah. him as uh, like a moral good kind of the the big damn hero yeah idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i got that too um i i enjoyed that i think I, I definitely see what you're saying though when it comes to like the character growth and such like that but it's i think 
some of it might have come from the fact that it wanted to be the movie was designed to be standalone enough so we can watch it and enjoy it without being familiar with the series mm-hmm. and but still tying it enough to the series so that could be another limiting factor whereas you compare that to serenity it's was 100% the finale it was made because the fans were demanding it so they made that for the fans so you'd get the character growth there it was full fan service yeah exactly so that could be something that differentiates how this one was done as well and then just throw in the general japanese storytelling overall where we've kind of discussed this before the plots and character growth isn't always as consistent as we see in western media yeah but it like it pushes through yeah I, I, I feel in in this case they they kind of um they flat they flatten the characters of the main crew just because they were under a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Especially where this was what originally supposed to be ninety minutes and then it was stretched from there. Yeah. Um so when you're within that constrained storytelling, you gotta make your characters a little bit less complex, a little bit more flat, so that you can just get on with the story. Yeah. So that's that might be why we didn't have, you know, like a chance to see how does how does Faye and Jet Black like you know, are they like polite polite rivals or is there a tinge of something? Like are they kinda into each other? We don't know these things. Um because yeah. there just wouldn't be room for those moments. One thing I did notice and this kind of Kind of talking about uh, Vincent, the tourist. (laughs) Mentioned that he had character growth, but I also... There's something I liked, and then there's something I didn't like. Okay. Uh, One of the the things that I liked was the the train scene. Where he, like, um, smashes out the window, and then... Uh, shoot Spike and then throws him off. Yeah. Uh, he was saving Spike's life. Hmm. Why would Why would a train killer go to all that extra effort to throw someone out of the train that he's trying to kill, especially when he's going to release this virus that's going to kill everyone on the train? And a train was coming at them too, wasn't it? That was uh, before that. Okay. Yeah. Wait, because we definitely saw him do that with Faye. Yeah as well so so i'm wondering if he wanted someone to try and stop him or a foil because if he wanted spike dead he would have just shot him um either in the head um i mean he shot him in the chest whatever i mean it looked like it should have been a killing blow imo but you know cartoons uh, well i just media um yeah. But why wouldn't he just leave him there so that when he released the virus on board, it got spiked too, if he wanted him dead? Like, this guy's a trained killer. He would have... Um, yeah, no, I see that. But this also kind of flows into what I didn't like about the movie. They set it up like it was going to be a Sherlock Holmes Moriarty situation. Especially with the game where you had... 
Vincent playing on his own on his own and like you know he's just looking for a challenge or something like that and then to Spike who's playing this game and he seems to be doing okay but he's not really paying attention to it so that was the back and forth in the beginning I was like oh are we gonna have this kind of feel to the story at all and the answer was no yeah, no, that is actually sparking something that I did note down, but kind of forgot as I went through, because even Jet says it's like the way you play the game reflects how you, reflects your character, which mm-hmm. ties in into that very much. Yeah, it would have been nice to see them play okay, a little bit more. I think I was and I think I was expecting a little bit of that too. And then just kind of it was a passing thought and just kind of slipped my mind as I went into the rest of the film. And I guess even Faye Faye says it to um oh what's Hacker Boy's name again? Hacker Boy. Yeah, we'll call him Hacker Boy. Um <clears throat> or um Yeah, I guess Vincent says it to Hacker Boy too about about it being a game. Yeah, they definitely have the hints there. They I, think... right. I don't think they played it up quite as much as they could have. It's only twenty percent more playing that up. Yeah. It 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 su it suited it just as much as the Alice in Wonderland stuff from Underwater that we discussed mm-hmm. recently. Like it seemed just kind of tacked on, like it didn't really have a purpose. It was just something that was because they set it up and like I'm trying to observe for these type of things as I'm watching this with the heart of someone who wants to enjoy a piece of media, uh mostly, but also a layer of I want. To, I need to analyze this because I want to have a good discussion about it. Um, so you can be critical and still enjoy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I try to stay more on the enjoyment side. So, no, oh, it's an interesting point. So, there's other points that I kind of wish, like I felt like we talked about that mentioned this already. We talked about like the government corruption mm-hmm. that w- that was clearly there. Um, to me, again, that almost felt a little bit tacked on to you. Like there was no consequences around it. You know you know what that was? That I think that's part of like an incomplete story. So one of the things I noted, you just kind of reminded me of it, is that I wish there was more of the detectives either bumbling along or like just uh being two steps behind as they chase Mm -hmm. and them being getting into these roadblocks and being, you know, pushed off the case and things like that, you know, some stereotypical like detective stuff that you might see in a media that could, could have framed it more to set up that stage that Spike and Vincent are playing in. I I would have liked the, I mean, all it, all it does is confirm some of the suspicions I had when we were um, discussing Carol on Tuesday in the second wall that there's existing corruption in this government um like even the the existing president that Tuesday's mom is trying to like take over presidency from um even the existing president is like doing very sus things like you know shutting down artists who are are releasing a song about you know, being free and being being able to express themselves. Yeah. You know, like, uh, so I'm wondering, 
I wonder if you could compare it. Cowboy Be Bebop would be more like the political and corporate corruption versus um, more of a cultural corruption from Carol and Tuesday. Very loosely just saying this. I'm not yeah. saying it definitively, but like they're definitely different layers. So yeah. I'm just trying to make it fit in my head because there's, I mean, maybe it's all tied together by Space Dandy and we're just like dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's very possible yeah it's so I, I did kind of think this night I did kind of kind of play into that a little bit too just kind of thinking of some of the themes from from the second wall and so I was trying to keep an eye out for things like was there things tied to the authenticity and, mm. and such like that um yeah, I, I feel like I might have been able to kind of make something work. I mean, but nothing but, super jumped out. Well, I mean, I mean, overall, I'm just fans trying to fit it all together. I mean, okay. realistically, these are different stories just in the same world. Yeah. So, like, how much do they tie in together? It's like, how much does the Daredevil impact the X-Men? Well, that is... Yeah, that's very true. I think... I guess... Knowing that it's supposed to be a shared universe, I think... Just having... He's right. They're completely different stories. They're telling completely different aspects. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it's just a matter of why call it the same world if you don't really have any callbacks because to my knowledge this movie is the only one that directly ties to that would directly tie to carol on tuesday so like again the music was phenomenal and i just half expected to hear so hear like crystal or flora mm. right even just something in the background something like that that i'm wondering was I'm wondering if I just missed it and the real tie-in was uh, one of those biologists or epidemiologists or like the the scientists that were in this. I'm wondering if one of them was the one that um, did like the cloning around Tuesday. Could be. I mean that that'd be. Yeah, this is just a name drop, right? I mean, it could yeah, be. Something like, it could be. I'm just yeah, something like that would have been interesting, or because I think this technically takes place a year before Carolyn Tuesday, if I remember. If I remember it properly. It's like, then what? What if they wanted? What? What kind of girl? What kind of girl goes? They had a mass bio biological tourist attack in this city a year ago, and I'm going to go live there because reasons? Well, the question there is how much did anyone know about that? I think they showcased they that, that on the great, news. They knew that, they knew, oh, yeah, the, the, the very first one. Mm. But, like, the one that they stopped at the end, 
Like, there's no indication that it ever got out because thing happens. I mean, like, the balloons blew up. <laughs> three hundred people died or something in the first one. Yeah, that was a cool scene though. It like, really was. Like Vincent coming out and just being all badass, and then cool guys don't look at explosions and frickin'. <laughs> and then Faye's just like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just something like, I don't know. She, let's face it, Carol was, Tuesday rather, is, was pretty sheltered. <laughs> mm. So it just might have been one of those things that, sure, mom might have probably would have known <laughs> yeah but her maybe not so much and, you know she would have been then a 16 year old girl and probably not paying much attention to the news anyway yeah just wants to play her guitar <laughs> so i guess yeah um, carol would just be trying to get by yeah with food in her mouth and uh do her skateboarding yeah. It's considered a skateboard. Doing our boarding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess as um I can definitely see the like at least from the, the um directing side, um the Carolyn Tuesday ties, like you can tell it's the same creator. There's mm. still the same attention to music. Uh again, a lot of the shots just they said a lot in the frames they were using. Oh, that's true. Uh, right. So from, yeah, from the artistic side, like it was definitely, I can tell it's the same creator. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and just the animation in general was beautiful again. I bet you when it was released, it would be a visual piece yeah, more than a story piece. Yeah, it just when I'm trying to watch it in super high res on a super high refresh uh, display, and like I'm used to like 4K or 1440p, I'm trying to watch this old animation from 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it actually held up way better than I thought it would. Mm. It's just one thing that I noticed right out the bat. Um, I didn't notice the scenes and the, I guess, camera shots would not be, but like shots, just shots that yeah. they use in hindsight, you now that you mention it, like definitely had that same style that yeah. I, that I, I actually really enjoyed from Carol on Tuesday. I'm I guess some of these age super well when they put in that attention to details. For instance, uh, another one animation wise that aged super well was probably the original Ghost in the Shell movie. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah, it was amaz it amazingly aged well. Uh, Princess Mononoke, uh, aside from some of the obvious shortcuts they took, yeah, uh, aged super well animation wise. Yeah, it's always hard to tell when you come to an artistic medium. I think a lot of animation, let's try to do something like super out there, mm. does tend to age okay because it's already in its nature. Mm. Um, 
right? I mean, when you see this similar thing in video games, the the games that age well are the ones that again decide to go with a bit more cartoony style because it looks good, even. Oh, for sure. Photorealistic graphics get better, right? Um, well, their animation big thing that makes films not age well. Oh, oh. <laughs> you ever gone back and tried to watch a scene from the original season of Reboot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's no good. I can't watch that show because it aged so poorly. <laughs> and I'm like, this was the best show ever. Um, Just just watch the seasons that matter, seasons three and four. I like the first couple, though. Yeah, but seasons three and four aged pretty... Yeah, aged a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so defeated i like them though uh i guess yeah like if it stuck to its style so if i were to compare this to another video game as we're on that track uh final fantasy 7 the original one did not age well at yeah. all because it didn't stick to a style it yeah. was trying to do a realistic thing one moment it was trying to do a cartoon thing another moment uh Whereas this would be more like how Final Fantasy VIII aged, which was pretty good. I mean, yeah. still like 480p or whatever, but as far as the character sprites, how they look, aged quite well. Um, yeah. Parasite Eve is another good example for that. Mm hmm. Yeah. The... Yeah, no, I... yeah, I like. I, th I think. One of the things that sets apart um, the works of this director and this studio uh, might have been different studios. I could just be talking up my butt again. But uh, uh, Shin Ichiro Watanabe uh, and that animation team is the, the depths of the shot. Not only the uh, angles and the decisions um from a shot point of view but like going beyond that it's not you know three layers you know uh things like uh the foreground the characters and then the background like there's depth beyond it there's things that there's life to the scenes yeah. um a, a good shot of that is at the very end when it starts raining you have those guys sitting in lawn chairs and they're just like staring up into the sky. They're not moving. There's a lot of life to that scene because there's so much little things in the background. It makes the scene feel whole. Hmm. Or um, another scene that kind of, to me, that just showed the life in the animation was just the opening entrance to um, Spike as well, right? Just the way he was walking up to the to the store where they actually had, you know, the moving, like, the the pavement was moving as if he was walking forward on it, mm -hmm. right? Like it's it's a touch that doesn't need to be there, but it's appreciated that it's there. To bring Carol and Tuesday back into this, the characters' faces didn't have as much life to them. But I guess this is a different it's a different genre. Mm -hmm. So you don't need that emotional resonance that's shown by like all those like small facial movements. It's not something that's necessary in this. 
whereas yeah. it's integral to telling the story of Carol on Tuesday. Yeah. Because the emotions of the characters are that story. Yeah. There were there were hints of it, mm. but nothing as nothing as overt. Well, there were there were little parts where I'm like, okay, I can see how this evolved into mm. Carol on Tuesday without again not being to the point where we could actually where we could actually cite an example. Just mm. just knowing that it well the I mean, the evolution of the style. Yeah. Wanted Obby's actually worked on so many things. And I forgot how much stuff he worked on. I think Macross Plus. I remember that. That's like my favorite Macross. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, depending on which version, I've seen all four different versions like (laughs) ten times each. (laughs) They're all pretty good. Yeah. The um. Just throwing this out there. I know I've been saying like I think I think this movie is just pretty okay. I definitely appreciate it more if like there's a scene, you know, where Spike's all like bloodied up and he takes off his jacket and then he takes off his shirt and he's got this big punk rock tattoo across his stomach that just says <laughs> hashtag release the Angela cut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, they're making a live action series coming up this year. Maybe we'll see it there. <laughs> of uh, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, that could be fun. They got to be careful with that, though. Uh, mm. One one of the problems that I've noticed of the live action reimaginings of uh, anime and manga is they try to just fit too many storylines and arcs into one film mm. uh, it was the only downside to the Ronin Kenshin movie the first one yeah. uh, I think it... this is a series though oh that'd be alright yeah I'd love to see like like an 8 episode series mm-hmm. great I mean, another, it's done better, they're done better as a series than they are as a direct movie. Like, the live-action Sailor Moon was top-notch. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And, like, it was so good. Like, uh, my partner at the time snuck back into the living room and watched the rest of the series without me. Even though we were watching it together. What a jerk. That sounds like a thing. <laughs> sounds like something they do. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a 10 episode series. I think the weirdest part about it is John Cho is Spike Siegel. John Cho? Yeah. You know, from Harold and Kumar. Oh. Oh. Because that's not going to play in my mind at all. <laughs> He doesn't look like a spike, though. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing it, but, uh, I mean, it's basically the best live-action anime adaptation is Alita. Because I knew it. <laughs> uh, just so many, 
so many better there's so many better people that they could have could have chose for spike like uh in korea there's there's a uh artist his name is b or rain mm. looks way closer um oh wait if it's oh if it's um it's john cho so this is american making yeah. isn't it Oh, gosh. yeah. It no. I mean, again, there. I'd give it a shot. I also wouldn't be expecting necessarily the best out of it. Um, I I won't go into to it right now, just because I don't want to put a long winded rant on Media Club for it to ever be tainted <laughs> tainted with my anger, but. <laughs> No, let's just no. say I'm the only one who's going to taint it with my anger. <laughs> let's let's just say I I already know all the failings that are going to happen within the movie. Yeah, it's people are going to get super stoked about it, and there's there's going to be some silly controversy, and it'll get a low Rotten Tomato critic score and a medium fan score. Probably. Well, there's there's brand loyalty there, so maybe like 30 at the critic and then 75 at the audience. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, there's no, there's the way the critics are right now, they're actually, no, they're going to rate it high. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that's a whole nother, that's a another rant anyways yeah. so the best character which they better have in the this live action remake otherwise they'll have to fight me irl in fortnite 1v1 is ein the dog i and edward like a nice little like uh like adventure duo there no fear they don't they don't care about what's going on and they kind of just do their thing yeah, just casually locate the villain. <laughs> Everyone else is wondering what the heck's going on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm you know playing Shogi better than Jet. Mm. <laughs> uh, makes cool. me wonder if there's more to their characters too. Well, I bet you Ayn is probably some genetically modified super smart dog or something. Yeah, like it's got. A, human attributes more than like uh uh like humanification that's not a word what am i looking for personification personification i thought personification but that doesn't seem right either anthropomorphized there you go look at you being super smart it happens yep that's the word not I was... just for drews anymore not just for drews <laughs> lost it I'm injured, I'm tired, and <laughs> the Yeah, so there there's gotta be something to that dog. Like I don't I don't honestly I don't know if I'd be able to wait to watch Cowboy Bebop for a second wall. I might have to watch it myself. It could be interesting. Watch it yourself. I'll stay blind. You can be the one leading it like I led Carol on Tuesday. Mm, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. I like that. Yeah. Pretty average film. Pretty okay. 
I have big expectations, um, but based on what little nostalgia I have in my heart. Mm. If I were to rate this one, I would give it four Spokies out of eight Dokies. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, four Spokies sounds about right. It was, I enjoyed it. I didn't know what I was, I said, I didn't quite know what I was going into. I know, obviously, Carolyn Tuesday. I have vague recollections of what Cowboy Bebop was like, and most of that comes from AMVs, not the series itself. Yeah, I mean, those so, are all just like the action or the emotional beats I'll put into three and a half minutes. Yeah, exactly. Or so some emo track. Yeah, yeah. So I saw, like, so the action had me, actually had what I was expecting. Um, I think, as I said, this isn't a failing on Cowboy Bebop, obviously. This is more of a failing on Carolyn Tuesday. If it's supposed to be the same world, have a little bit more that linked it somehow. Well, I mean... Um, and if, if if to be fair to be fair to be fair uh if i if i were to rate this independently outside of everything else i could i could poke it up to six bokies out of eight doki because mm. i mean it was whole it was complete it had a beginning and an end animation was good the fights were cool but not having seen the original series because I'm a he dirty heathen and because I was super hyped because of the first season of Carol on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hashtag release the Angela cut. Release it. Um, it kind of bumps it down for me. Yeah. So I, I don't even feel like I'm being particularly harsh at it. I'm just saying like, I bet you it, I would have been... Had I watched Carol or not Carol, had I watched Cowboy Bebop originally, and I saw that this movie was coming out, I'd probably be way stoked. Yeah, and then I probably would have said it was the best thing ever because teenagers are. Yeah, but Trigun existed. Trigun's so good. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely say, give it a watch. I think it's, I think. Cowboy Bebop is considered a classic for a reason. And I wouldn't be surprised is... to totally cut you off purposefully. Uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if Cowboy Bebop ages better than Trigun. Whoa. So adding Trigun to our list. <laughs> so long. <laughs> Not what she said. Um, yeah, I think what would have what would have improved it for me would be like the five five minutes of like cool people, like mm -hmm. the the beginning event 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 horizon, where it's just a five minute introduction scene. Where they totally like just put on display this is the character this is how they're interacting this is their relationship or their um yeah. their unit cohesion losers did that well as well yeah but we didn't have anything like that here in fact we didn't even get the feeling that Faye was really even part of the crew except for the fact that she was like on the phone with them 
there was one scene that I think was meant to do that. Mm. And that was when she was first back on the ship right after the the first tourists. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was just like, it, it felt very, again, I, I got that family feeling <laughs> from that, but yeah, it just didn't get explored enough. I, I think that the focus should have either been the team against the situation or um, to put everybody else more into the backseat and have Spike versus Vincent. Yeah. The Sherlock Moriarty situation. It was just um, a missing beat there trying to put a little little bit of too many things in there yeah it's kind of like if you were to get me to make an allspice it's not gonna it's not gonna do well but if you were to put one together it'd probably be really darn good yeah fair enough yeah i think again definitely see why it's a classic um it definitely has me wanting to see the series that's always a big thing <laughs> if you can uh, I am interested in the characters and I do want to see how they grew. This um, and more so. Yeah, I definitely get this is the feeling or the not a feeling, this is yeah, I definitely get the feeling that this is like when you go into a bakery and they have those little cubes of bread. Mm. So you can have a little taste. Yeah. And so in this case, you know, you have some type of like marble rye, you take it up and it's like, oh, that's interesting. I really like that. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll take the whole loaf now. Yeah. So it definitely wasn't as strong there as, uh, say, Serenity to Firefly, mm -hmm. as far as a, a good introduction point, but it definitely stood on its own. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't lost at any point. It didn't leave me going like, well, who's this guy? And why are they going here? And, um, like, even the informant that I've never seen before just kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it says something that the only character's name that I can't remember is Hacker Dude. <laughs> On a first watch. Well, I mean, he had <laughs> two scenes and then he got shanked, right? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> totally called it. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, you're totally gonna die. I guess with that, wrap it up, I suppose. It's a yeah. pretty pretty basic movie. Like, there isn't too much depth to it. All the depth to this movie is in Vincent. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, a antagonist character that can't remember his past, who's in, like, five scenes, can't carry a movie. Yeah. Oh, I guess, uh, as always, this has been Beardy and the Beast Media Club. Join us next time when we dis discuss the film Nobody. Check us out here and on any other service listed at beardyandthebeast.com. And of course, if you enjoy what we do, give us a share or join the conversation in the comments below. Later. Later.